Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. I'm still on... Look, I took a week's vacation. I'm still on vacation time, so uh, happy Memorial Day, day number two. <laughs> uh, but let's get into it. Uh, glad to be with you. One night delayed. Horsepower happenings. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR, the scene was the Coca-Cola 600, uh, and Charlotte Motor Speedway was the place to be. They ended up running a doubleheader on Monday due to Mother Nature intervening on the weekend. Coca-Cola 600 had a winner. Nobody knows about it because there was drama on the racetrack again that took the center stage. Uh, by the way, Ryan Blaney, Rich tells me, went to Victory Lane yesterday afternoon at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And then, how about Justin Allgaier going to Victory Lane with uh, Junior Motorsports? Uh, good job for him and for that team uh, for the win at the nightcap. 31st annual Show Me 104. Can I do my best impression? The Lucas Oil Limited Series at Lucas Oil Speedway. RTJ Ricky Thornton Jr., the first one to cross the line, but in a weekend full of disqualifications, he was one as well. The droop rule by, what was it, like a 16th or an eighth of an inch, they said. He was illegal on the droop rule. Give the $50,000 payday to Devin Moran. And then go all the way back to Thursday of last week, the ASA Stars National Tour Tar Heel 250 from Hickory Motor Speedway. Gio Ruggiero with a last corner smasher pass. Those are Rich's words, and it's a great question. Another thing that we could talk about of William Byron, Gio gets the win, the biggest of his career. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Happy Tuesday. How you doing? Yeah, it was, it, it was fun. I, I even thought today mostly was a Monday just because I was just impatient about seeing you tonight. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I appreciate your help as well. Uh, don't tell anybody, but I took a little, just a little weekend vacation and uh, had a great time with my family and friends north of the Mighty Mac uh, over the weekend and got home yesterday right about five minutes before we normally would have fired up for our program. So, your post was about perfect yesterday that nobody could find us, so we couldn't do a show. Uh, so <laughs> we went ahead and did it tonight. Um, but, Rich, before we get started, I want to I talk to you about the scene in NASCAR because I have some thoughts. Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and the things that played out on the racetrack and then the things that played out 
that were handed down from NASCAR today. If this was your breaking news, I did actually know about this part. Um, but uh, if not, then continue to wait for Rich's breaking news. So if you missed it on Sunday or on Monday, Denny Hamlin's car starts to pick up a massive push. He kind of tries to roll out of the throttle. What happens is he pancakes Chase Elliott off the turn four wall onto the front straightaway, and Chase Elliott's car mysteriously and miraculously continues to go straight and right hooks Denny Hamlin into the outside fence down the front stretch. Denny's mad, is calling for, uh, is calling for Chase's removal from next week's show. That happens by NASCAR, which sets off a spiral of domino effects that's going to result in, in uh, some pretty big news. This may be actually the news that you're going to tell us. Uh, and so I'll leave that for you um, because it does end up being pretty cool for one of Michigan's own. But I want to ask you, is the right hook on the racetrack ever a answer for retaliation? Is it ever the correct move of retaliation on the racetrack, your opinion? No, I don't think it is ever, especially not at 185 or 190 miles an hour, Zach. But I'm not, I mean, I've seen the replays and you, I don't know that I'm fully convinced that Brad Keselowski didn't catch, um, make a little contact just a little bit to turn him. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, it looked like to me, like they made content. I think Chase Elliott was heading that way to go, you know, to yeah. go back after Hamlin, <laughs> I, I just think when he went down, he kind of caught the nose of Keselowski, and that just helped him turn him off. Just turn him off a quick. Yeah, I think the only, I, that's what I think happened. I think the only reason Keselowski made contact with uh, with Elliott is because Elliott's car came to a complete stop when he slammed into the side of Denny Hamlin's car. But let me say this: remember that Hamlin and uh, Elliott have history, going all the way back to Martinsville when when Elliott drove the number twenty four car for the first year and got punted out of the way and eventually out of a chase for the championship spot. We thought they settled that at Phoenix, then they continued to have tussles. Is the right hook the ultimate final straw of you're not going to push me around, you're not going to run me this way on the racetrack? That's the way I'm looking at this, is it's almost as if Chase Elliott said, I'm tired of your crap, and and you're going to stop this right now. Um, that's where I'm almost wondering if there is a point we're right hooking somebody into the front stretch wall. Listen, you might get a bloody nose on pit road afterward, but you have sent your message on the racetrack at that point that you're tired of being raced that way. Yeah. It, the only thing that bothers me is why is it everybody else, but Denny Hamlin? <laughs> well, has Denny Hamlin think, ever retaliated? I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't recall Denny Hamlin uh, getting anything, a slap on the wrist or anything when he put JJ Yaley out. Um, I don't, I mean, I just don't remember. Every time Denny Hamlin speaks, it's NASCAR <laughs> listens, and I don't think you want to. I don't. I don't think you want to get in that habit. You okay. know. Yeah. Well, I guess my point is, if you've had enough, you've had enough. And listen, I don't ever want a driver to get hurt in the slightest. I don't even want them to get a bruise inside their race car. But that's just not the way this sport works. I think that those cars had already slowed down enough after the contact in the wall. Neither one of them were speeding up all that quick. Jay Salad, if you got a message to send, guess what? First class, it has been delivered. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how this plays out the rest of the season with the right hook. So, And, as we mentioned, that lined up a row of dominoes to fall because there's a guy who probably would like to run for the Cup Series Rookie of the Year at some point in his career. And if he keeps having to fill in for Hendrick Motorsports drivers, he's not going to get a chance to do it. And that, of course, is uh, Mr. Barry. So... 
drivers and owners had to get, well, actually owners had to get creative today, Rich. Tell me what ended up happening. Yeah, so I think they saw that coming because I think Josh Berry had more starts than 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 some of the some of the guys on, on Hendrick's team. So they had to go another way. So they had a relationship with Spire Motorsports, and they went and got Corey LaJoy to fill the seat of the number nine car. Uh, so what does that do? Of course, Corey LaJoy was driving the number seven car and in the NASCAR been, Cup Series. And he's been doing a damn good job this year, let me add. He's been very exactly. consistent. Yeah. And so that pulls Corey LaJoy out of that car, and that leaves a seat open, and that will be the gentleman that drove the 77 last night for Spire Motorsports. Our own Carson Hosovar will get his first Cup Series start at World Technology Raceway this Sunday. Um, so chain events. Yep. The dominoes all fall. His first NASCAR Cup Series start. That's pretty cool. He posted on Twitter today, by the way, uh, after the announcement that it was one year ago that he broke his leg at Worldwide Technologies after getting hit in the door. Now, one year later, he'll make his first career Cup start. So how it all kind of comes around and goes full circle. Well, yeah, I was cool. I was off hiding in the woods amongst the, uh, the bear and the mosquitoes that were big enough to fillet. Uh, while that was going on, Rich... We had some great racing down in the uh, lower part of the state, as uh, Memorial Day weekend always seems to produce. Yeah, well, we got we finally got things kicked off with the All Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series for 2023. Uh, it took center stage at Tri City and Merritt Speedways this weekend. Friday night at Tri City, Zach Dona Marcoulier, big surprise, kicked off the big weekend with a win. Uh, then for the first of two events at Merritt over the weekend. Chad Finley found victory lane on Saturday, and then back on Sunday, Mark Coolier made it two for three for the weekend, taking the finale. Zach, the next Challenge Series event for both tracks will be part of a huge 4th of July weekend, June 30th at Tri-City, and July 1st through the 3rd at Merritt Speedway. There you go. All right, other great things happening over the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Bertrand Speedway on tonight's show just because they've been having a lot of things going on at their facility, including over the weekend, the U.S. Nationals featuring the must-see racing lights and the must-see racing sprint cars. The lights ran on the smaller racetrack. I actually don't know what size that small racetrack is at Bertrand Speedway. Do you know? Is that a quarter mile? It's got to be a quarter mile. All right. It can't be much bigger than that. Well, I tell you what, uh, Cody, is it Galad? See, you and you and last names, me and last names. Cody, I'm going to say uh, Galgi. Galgi? Galgi. There we go. How about Galgi? Uh, anyhow, Cody needed the restart of his life uh, in order to see the uh, end of that race and go to victory lane, and he got it and uh, ended up going and parking it down in victory lane at the end of their 40-lap main event. Started six, drove his way through the field to get the win. And uh, then the next night, the big cars took center stage on the big track at Bertrand Speedway. Uh, and how about this comeback story, Rich France? You love to see it. Just almost about a year removed from his uh, tragic accident last year that put him in the ICU and the burn unit. He's now back in victory lane. Jimmy McCune goes and picks up the dub over the weekend with Musty Racing Sprint Cars, parks the 88 back in victory lane, and Anthony McCune second, Jason Blonde third. You love to see that uh, kind of full go full circle for him as far as racing. Now, obviously, he'd love to go to victory lane in the dirt car to really put a bow on it, but I don't know that anybody really expected to see Jimmy McCune back in victory lane this quick. 
I wasn't worried about seeing Jimmy McCune back in victory lane. I was just hoping he'd get back in a race car yeah. sooner, sooner than it looked like. So that was a big win for me when I, he, you know, when we last talked to him, he said, no, I'll be ready to go. I was just like, that's, that's the biggest thing. By get the way, back in that race car and make sure, and like he said, make sure that you don't have any of the gremlins in your head. You know, you don't know until you get back in and get buckled in and get up to speed. Uh, and obviously he's able to put that out of his mind. Um, and he's right. I, it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. By the way, forgot to mention uh, that the uh, musty sprints were on the big track on Friday night as well for a shortened feature, just a smaller, not an exhibition, still 25 laps, just shorter than normal. And uh, defending champion Charlie Schultz, he went to victory lane ahead of Jason Blonde and Jimmy McCune, who rounded out the podium. So a great weekend for McCune, man. And guess what? Now everybody else is on notice because he just showed himself that he can still do this and uh, that he can get the job done. I think that man is going to be, uh, no pun intended, red hot for the rest of the season. So look out. Yeah, Zach, that we got we got a little busier Saturday at Flat Rock. Uh, the Joy Fair Memorial 100 was on tap and doubled for uh, the first time for the Modifieds, the Midwest Modifieds Tour, first time there since 2006, I believe. So uh, it, great crowd showed up, unbelievable more than more than what we were expecting for that event and some of it kind of kind of went the way you thought it was going to go brian bergacre set quick time early in the afternoon but zach a little bit different this time 14 cars in the 11 second bracket uh bergacre was fast time at 1170 so they had 14 cars packed in tight uh bergacre started from the ninth position worked his way up slowly uh really had some interesting uh times and some lap traffic early in the event they're running three two and three wide several laps in a row uh finally caution comes out Berger, Berger gets to the bottom of the racetrack and um kind of works his way on a restart and gets around takes the lead middle of the race was pretty much all brian Berger just out didn't really take off but just five six car length lead just cruising and then came the last four restarts inside of 10 laps four cautions in a row um paul pelletier had two shots at him connor zabosian had a couple shots at him uh, couldn't hold him off. Last run was a green-white checker finish, and uh, and uh, Brian Bergacre wrapped that win up. Then he jumps in and jumps into modified, and Bergacre comes through the field and was unbelievable. Gets up to second inside of five laps to go on a restart, and you watch it. You're watching Brian, and he keeps peeking to the outside, peeking to the outside. If he stays where he's at, he runs second probably. Uh, Michael Capinti led every single lap along the way in his 12X machine. And finally, with two to go, Bergager jumps to the outside and opens the door for Brian Nestor, who was riding in third. Uh, Bergager got door to door, but couldn't maintain. Okapinti takes it to victory lane. Nestor brings it home second, just beating out Bergager to the line. And then what usually happens, the same thing happened to RTJ. Michael Capinti goes to Vic, goes to Tech and loses the race in technical inspection yeah. an hour and a half later. Tough break. So the so the winner so so Brian Nestor picks up the win officially for the Midwest Modifieds Tour. There you go. All right, uh, I tell you what, we're going to talk with Brian coming up, but I wanted to make sure that we snuck in one one more bit of uh, news from this weekend because. 
I want to give race fans something to keep an eye on um, because if you don't know, Tim DeVos is racing for a really cool accomplishment this year at Berlin Raceway. He's trying to get around somebody. Maybe you've heard of the last name Seneca. Does that name mean anything to you? Um, he's trying to pass Seneca on the all-time wins list at Berlin. I think it's 104 is the mark that he needs to get to to do that. Well, as of right now, if he and Scott Root don't have a beer together and get things sorted out, it's not going to happen because for the second time this season, the two have come together, and for the second time this season, Tim DeVos has a junk race car, this time worse than the time before. Earlier in the season, those two got together on the front stretch wall. Both cars caught some air hard into the outside wall. Both drivers clearly irritated. This weekend, I don't like to speculate, Rich, and I wasn't there but Tim DeVos came from left field to junk Scott Root, and in the process, barrel-rolled his car in turns three and four, ended up on his lid. Both drivers okay. Both climbed from their race cars. Um, Tim actually extracted from his car while it was upside down, come out just pointing, pointing fingers, and Scott was doing the same thing. Um, Rich, this might be a rivalry to keep an eye on for the rest of the season if, if, They've got enough parts and pieces at the stable to keep these race cars going because this is this is getting out of control. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Jeff Striegel needs to probably settle this thing once and for all. Um, I don't, I don't know how you do that uh, and still let the guys race. But I didn't see the first incident. I didn't. I, I've not seen any of the replays of it. But I saw every replay you could imagine and both interviews from this weekend. And I don't feel real com- comfortable with how Tim DeVos drove that car in the corner on the bottom. Yeah. I, I, it just didn't look to me and I'm not in the driver's seat, Zach. That's and, right. And neither one of us are, but it didn't look to me like he had any interest in making that corner <laughs> when he yeah. drove it in there in the bottom. Yeah. I and once they right. got hooked together, once, the, once their tires got hooked together, it was over. They were both going in the wall. And then you, you know, you saw DeVos roll over a couple of times. Um, yeah. They're going to have to sort that out. You don't, that's not good for, you know, for racetracks, are people going to come out and watch them race? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not the way, um, that's not the way you want this to end up. And that's not what you want people coming out to look for every week. I've always said a little drama helps the racing program, but that was downright flat out scary. Uh, what we saw Saturday out of that situation. So, uh, yeah, hopefully something happens there to, uh, to get that situation rectified. And Deck on the phone lines now, our, our first guest of the night, and I'm starting to get a complex. Maybe he just wants to talk to me a couple of times a year. I'm guessing that's probably not what it is. But uh, he picked up the win again in the Joy Fair Memorial 100 on Saturday at the Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, he's from Middleville, Middleville, Michigan. Brian Bergacker, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Man, be- before we get into the specifics, um, it's got to be different for you you know, everybody's starting to joke around like, oh, they might as well just put your name on the trophy ahead of time. It's not quite that easy, but it just seems like every time we talk after the rate, it means something to you, whether it's something the the Fair family does different um, or some kind of experience you have. It, it's just special every time, isn't it? it? It is. You know, these these marquee events for me are, you know, they're really big. Um, you know, you want to, everybody wants to win these marquee events, whether it's the joy fair, the stand, the clash, you know, all these big events, everybody wants to win them. You know, there's the glass city 200 is something I've never been able to win. You know, those are still events, you know, that's one that's still on the bucket list, you know, along with the clash for me, you know, I haven't won the clash yet. I finished second numerous times, haven't been able to get that win, you know? So, 
these marquee events, you know, it never gets old winning them because it's a marquee event and that's the event everybody wants to win. Let me ask you this. Would you trade any joy fairs for a glass city or a clash or anything like that? I mean, just explain to the listener where this one ranks on the list and, and why this one at flat rock is so special to you. You know, this, this one ranks right up there, but to me, the, the clash is the number one one for me. Um, I grew up racing at the Kalamazoo Speedway, watching the clashes um, as a kid, you know, watching those guys win those races, and, and it was a big deal. You know, that's that's my number one, you know. Um, you know, and then from there, it was the Glass City 200, and then, you know, the Stan Yee and then the Joy Fair, kind of like there, you know. The longer the race, the bigger the prestige, in my opinion, so... You know, that's, that's kind of my list of how it goes. And, you know, I've won the Joy Fair and I've won the Stan Yee, but I haven't been able to do the Glass City or the, the Clash, you know. So I've been close in both of those, but haven't been able to seal the deal. Are you concerned at all that, that your chances, and Rich, I know that you don't necessarily know the inner inner workings of this, but, you know, as Brandon kind of settles into this new role at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways, we've seen this change where now the Glass City is a is a full template show. Are you concerned that you may not get a chance to race for a Glass City again? Um, in and out, in and out car. Yes. Um, but I do have a template car that we're putting together that, you know, there may be an opportunity to win with that. So, you know, there's other options for that, but I I would like to do it in an outlaw car to be honest with you. It's the most fun car to drive. Do you think that it means less if you do it in a template car? Like, let's say you show up, I mean, even with the ASA branding, are you can, I mean, or does it, is the weight of the show is the glass city 200, the prestige of that, is it tied directly to an outlaw car or, Winning 200 laps after a race at Toledo Speedway, I mean, come on now. That that, that racetrack will still chew you up and spit you out. Um, but obviously the outlaw car is where that started. Is it any less prestigious if you don't do it in an outlaw car? I don't think so, no. I mean, the competition in the template car, you know, in the ASA series, SRL series, and those template cars is top-notch, you know. Um, most of those guys have really big budgets, and they, they, they do these cars year in, year out, every year. And, they know what they're doing, so it's not. I don't think it's a, a less of an achievement. It's just something that I would like to do. Brian, let's talk about uh, Saturday night. Um, it, it took a little bit of more patience by you, and 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 by that I mean you know you, I think you started seventh, and man, the the pace was so quick. The front of the field caught lap traffic early, and then it got really really interesting about lap twenty five or thirty, and you were right in the middle of it. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, really. I mean, every year it's different. Every race is a little bit different. Um, um, so every race, every year is a little bit different. You know, sometimes you got to be patient depending on the pace. You know, who's going, who's moving, who's who's riding. You know, you kind of got to play it out. And, you know, this year I started ninth, and, you know, the, the inside lane went forward right away. So, you know, it's easier to get them spots when you're bunched up and you can keep tucked in, you know. So I think we went from ninth to fifth relatively quickly. You know, and then pretty soon, like you said, lap 20, we're, we're in lap traffic. And, you know, sometimes lap traffic's okay. Usually they just kind of go to the bottom. But this time it was kind of like there's guys at the bottom, there's guys at the top, there's guys running in the middle. You kind of had to dice your way through there. So it was like I had to pull myself back a little bit and go, okay, this is a 100-lapper. We're not even halfway. We're not even quarter of the way through. Let's let's pace ourselves a little bit, pick through this, and then get, get the guys that we got to get, you know. It almost seemed like once you guys got through – the heavy traffic when you were done going three wide because that that couldn't have been real comfortable that early in the race uh that you made the conscious decision that you'd rather be out front finding the holes than have somebody else doing it for you um 
Yeah, actually, that that was kind of the plan. You know, we got into second or third there um, behind the, the team cars of Connor and Hans there. And I was comfortable there. And then we started getting into lap traffic again, and I just felt like it was time to go. You know, so I got around Hans in the lap traffic, and then we got that caution sort of thereafter, and I got, got by Connor on the restart. But, you know, it's, it's easier, in my opinion, it's easier when you're out front trying to navigate that lap traffic um, because you get to attack it first. You get to go after it first in, in the guy that's in second. Sometimes you'll get lucky enough to have somebody make a mistake and, and get through there, but most of the time you get bottled up more than the leader does going through that lap traffic. Once you get out front, um, it was kind of quiet for a while. Um, you were able to ride along, and then the last 10 laps, which no leader wants to see, four caution flags. You got to deal with Paul Pelletier twice and Connor Zabosian twice. That's probably didn't not what you wanted to have happen in the final ten laps. No, no, I'd, I'd prefer it go green. You know, you get a you get a nice lead like we had. I'd rather it just go green all the way to the end. It makes life easier, you know. But it, it puts on a better show for the fans if you have those restarts and you know the crew guys and you know and and I, I that's only my that'd be my third race of the year that that joy fair we haven't had a lot of racing yet this year with some rainouts and some cancellations and stuff so as you know restarting hasn't something i've actually had to do a lot this year you know so um but it, it's fun to do that you know and paul, paul paul ran a great race um he was fast and connor ran a great race and he was fast it's like they kept swapping that spot back and forth on the restarts you know once i'd get clear but you know it's uh it makes it fun um, I'd rather it go green, you know, just to make it easier, but it does make it fun and interesting to have those those restarts like that. I've got to ask you this. Uh, you know, it can look a lot different from the grandstands or from where Rich was inside the booth to what was going on in, in your cockpit there. Those final 10 laps, all those restarts, was there ever a moment where the race almost got away from you? Something that, you know, you mentioned not having a lot of restart practice, um, you know, this, this point in the season. Was there ever a moment where you thought, uh-oh, this could be it? No, I don't think so. My car was really solid on the restarts. Um, I could pretty much go when I wanted to, um, you know, and, and as long as I beat them to turn one, I felt like I was going to be okay. Um, and then just kind of set pace from there. But, you know, there was one restart, you know, where I did jump it a little early and they called it back. So then I was a little hesitant on the next one. Um, you know, and then we had one there where I did spin the tires when Paul was outside of me, I spun the tires coming out of four and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, can't do that. And then we had another yellow right away. And so I was very cognizant of the fact that, oh, don't spin the tires on the restart. Don't get beat here. You know, what well, was and, and so uh, it's it's interesting to me that you and this is how much of a professional and dominant race car driver you are. You got away with spinning the tires and also in the same sentence said, no, we didn't do anything that could have lost us the race. I've watched guys wad up entire fields after spinning the tires. So that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a long spin. Like I didn't spin them all the way down the straightaway, but I got after the gas a little hard on the restart, and it did did step the car out sideways a little bit, and I lost a little bit of forward momentum, and I kind of burped the throttle and stuck it back down again, and it took off and went, you know. So um, it was kind of a shocker because we had done two or three restarts prior to that, and it didn't do it at all during those restarts, and then that one it did, you know. So yeah. I wasn't really ready for it because I hadn't done that. Yet. You mentioned that you hadn't had a lot of practice uh, this season, you know, doing restarts and that sort of thing. But this is the second race that you've pulled double duty this season. And I got to be honest with you, when I saw your name at the, uh, you know, toward the top of the results um, a couple of different times so far this year for Midwest Modified Tour, I, I had to double check that I was looking at the correct results. This is pretty cool. Uh, you're breaking out the open wheel car and uh, that's been treating you pretty well this season. 
yeah, the open wheel stuff is a lot of fun for me. I ran that stuff years ago. You know, I won a couple of championships back in 2008, 2010 with mods. Um, I enjoy racing those cars with the open cockpit and it's a different kind of racing than the outlaw stuff. You know, it's a little bit of beating and banging. They got big front bumpers on the front of them, you know? Um, so that makes it a little bit more fun, you know, but yeah, we've, we've been breaking out the, the mod and, and we went to Berlin and we were good in practice and broke a motor. And then we put the little motor in and we went to, uh, to Birch run and we actually won there and had a good race there. Um, you know, so that was fun. And the outlaw car, I think we finished fourth for that, that day. So that was a good day. And then to come to flat rock and, and do it again and, you know, run first and second again, it, it, it makes a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work, two cars in one day. It, it, it takes a little bit of the fun out of it, actually. Brian, I talked, uh, we talked a little bit about this um, after the modified race. Uh, and then I, I touched on it with Zach, but he doesn't know the whole story. So a uh, couple laps to go, you decide that you're going to jump to the outside. Brian Nestor behind you and Mike Okapin, he's, he's leading the race. And you basically could have ran second, but you said, I'm either going to win or finish third because you got to figure Nestor's going to stick it in there anyway. Um, you, you, you almost get to the outside of him. You almost get to clear him. Mike wins the race. You end up finishing third. And then what happens? Mike, uh, Mike gets DQ'd in the tech barn. Any regrets on that decision? Uh, no, nope, not for me. Um, I, I, as a, as a racer, I want to win every race, right? So I want to win it straight up. You know, it sucks that he got DQ'd truthfully, because I've been in that, in that boat. I want to see our race at, at ORP or, IRP, whatever it is down there in India a couple years ago, three or four years ago, and I got DQ'd after that race. Um, it, it makes for a long ride home when you when you win a race and you're all excited and then you lose it, you know. Um, it sucks for him that that happened, you know, but I do appreciate that the series is, is sticking to their rules and, and they, they DQ'd him, you know. His car wasn't legal. Not 100% certain what was wrong with it, but his car wasn't legal, so they DQ'd him. So I agree with that. But on my end of it, you know, with two or three to go, I was like, I can't pass him on the bottom. The only way I can do it is if I move him out of the way. So I jumped to the outside and thought, well, if I can get it, I can. I knew Brian Nestor, as soon as I jumped to the outside, he was going to fill that hole. I knew right away. There was no way he wasn't going to fill that hole. I know Brian Nestor too well. And I was like, well, either we're going to win or we're going to finish second or third. It doesn't matter. But right now we're just going to finish second. So let's go for it and see what happens. Did you think, was there something that told you there might be something out there? Um, or was it just at this point you had to try something? Um, absolutely not. There was, there was nothing out there the whole race for me. I was too free, um, the whole race to, to race out there and, and make passes. And, you know, I almost got him on that restart prior to that, um, you know, out front and I just couldn't quite get in there, but you know, it's, it's, there wasn't nothing out there for me in that race. The outlaw car was really good in the outside groove. The modified was not, but I just thought, you know, I at least got to try it. Maybe I can rattle him a little bit, make him spin his tires, make him make a mistake. And he didn't make a mistake, and I ended up, you know, finishing third in the in the race. That you know, second after the DQ. I got to ask you this, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. And um, you know, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot going on on social media right now after Saturday's results. And you you did touch on it a little bit, regardless of how minor the infraction is. Um, what are your thoughts there on that decision made by Midwest Modified Tour officials after the race? There's been a lot of of um, I don't want to overuse or overstate it by saying the word hate, uh, but there's been a lot of criticism on social media about there being a disqualification um, at the end of that race on Saturday at Flat Rock. And again, made by Midwest Modified Tour officials. 
you kind of, you know, you, you voice that it sounds like, you know, if there's an illegal, if somebody's car is illegal, no matter how small the percentage or, or no matter how, uh, you know, out of whack it may be, uh, illegal is illegal. And that kind of sounds like how that's uh, how you feel about it. Yes, it's 100%. I applaud those guys. Um, that's probably not an easy decision to make, right? Um, that, that guy won his first ever race in the Midwest Mod Series, as far as I know. Um, you know, to make that decision and take a win away from somebody after you've already given it to them, basically, on the front stretch is, is a really tough thing to do. But I applaud them. They have a good thing going. That's why they had 27, what are we, had 27 cars at Flat Rock. We had 25 at Birch Run the week before. I think we had 27 or 28 at Berlin the week we were up there. That's why they have the car count they do is because they're they're sticking to rules and they're making sure that nobody's beating the rules. They're checking things, making sure that people aren't winning by cheating, you know, and I applaud them for that. It's not an easy decision to make, but, you know, if I was in that boat, I would be like, you know, I, I've been there. Like I said, I was there in, in Indy in the CRA series. They DQ'd me and, you know, it sucks, but it, it's how it's life. That's how it goes. We're as racers, we all push that edge. Right. And he got caught. I also want to just clarify something. And, and I've been in this situation too. I've seen it unfold from where Midwest modified tour is. Um, and <laughs> it's just so funny that we're talking about this at all. But there was speculation that the disqualification came simply because of who was running in the second spot when the time the checkered flag fell. Um, just for, for everybody listening, as a fellow competitor in that series, that realization never crosses your mind, right? I mean, that's not at all why someone gets disqualified after the race is so that they can hand a win to somebody they want to win the race. Um this is by the rule book, and, and like you said, that sort of consistency is what makes this a good tour to follow. Um, you didn't smell any foul play in this, did you? Absolutely not. Um, I know those guys too well. Um, you know, Bud Gray and those guys, they, they make proper decisions. You know, it, it, they're in a bad spot, right? Brian Nestor runs the series. Bud Gray runs the series. Bud Gray's got a kid racing in the series. series. You know, Brian races in the series, not every race, but he does race in the series. They're in a tough spot, you know. Um, you know, pretty much their cars are an open notebook from what I understand. Anybody wants to look at them, inspect them, they can do that, you know, because they do race in the series. So I feel like they do it well. And, you know, professionally, I feel like they do it correctly. Um, do I feel like they gave that win to Brian Esther? Absolutely not. Um, it took them a long time to make that decision after the races. Like they knew right away that there was something wrong, but it, I, I guarantee it took an hour, hour and a half after the race was over for them to make that final decision. So they didn't take it lightly. And I don't think it's because Brian Nestor was in second. And I, and, and I think Brian, as, as well as you know, Brian Nestor, as well as I do, if they were going to do that, they would have done that and not had him gone winless for so long on the tour. Correct. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I mean, Brian's had some bad luck the last few years. He hasn't won any races, you know, and, and we've all kind of been through that that spell before, you know, but I don't think there's no, I don't feel like there's any ill will there. There's nothing that they did to make that decision to give Brian Nestor a win. I mean, it's not like it was a ten dollars or $20,000 to win race, right? You know, it wasn't that big of a dollar race to win. So it's not about the money. It's not about that. It's about doing it professionally, and I feel that's how they did it. Well, you brought it up. Speaking of $20,000 to win after a good run at Flat Rock, you have to be looking forward to this Saturday. Um, actually, we're not going this Saturday. Oh, it doesn't man. work out well for it doesn't work out well for our schedule. Um, it's, it's kind of like a three-day race. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show. 
Um, it's hard for crew guys to get out of work. Um, as much as we kind of want to go, it just doesn't work out well for us. So we decided not to go this week. Ryan, it's strong. a two, it's a two with four zeros. <laughs> yeah, at a track you've already at a track you've already won at man find some different help <laughs> it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult decision but as a team we made that decision we're just not going to go we're not going to do that and i and i wish those guys well it's an awesome thing that they're doing over there it just doesn't work out well for us this week you so, know we are gonna we're gonna talk with sarah and tiffany coming up uh here in just a moment from uh, the racing for miracles event at bertram speedway is what we're alluding to um but you know, for let's talk about this though, kind of on the same tree, Rich. Outlaws, modifieds this season, some really good money put up between a couple of great racetracks here in Michigan. Uh, some great opportunities for you guys to make some cash. Yeah, there is. I mean, what Tiffany and Sarah are doing is awesome over there. They got a great group of cars coming. Um, you know, I wish we could be a part of it, but it just doesn't work out well for us. You know, maybe next year we can do it. Um, but you know, they're doing an awesome thing over there and they're doing it for charity and it's, it's something that's really cool. And I, I applaud them for that. It's not a small undertaking to do what they're doing. Um, you know, and I've gotten to know Sarah's husband, Scott, a little bit in the last couple of years. And those, those guys are good people and I wish them well in that whole thing. But man, the money that people are putting up this year, you know, that Rex Wheeler, you know, with a Wasso and the money that's at Birch Run and the Reveal the Hammer series and all this stuff that these guys are putting together is big for outlaw racing. It's big for modified racing. You know, when, when did you think you would see a 70 car field of modified that yeah. one single racetrack three years ago, you wouldn't have saw that. It might've been 20 cars, you know, that's how big the sports gotten. And that, that's what that series has done. The Midwest modified series. They've kind of brought back modified back because they, they're abiding by the rules and they're setting rules. And that's what people are going by. And I imagine with, with all the noise going out at Owasso, you want to go up there and try to make sure that, Cody Stickler doesn't get a chance for two in a row. Uh, for sure. For sure. You know, it, it really hurts when somebody comes from Florida and, and, and takes your big money races <laughs> and takes your money, you know, South. Um, so we're going to, we're going to hit the Owasso show for sure. Um, you know, it kind of sucks because there's a big 5,000 star to win outlaw race the same day at Birch run, you know? So it's like, what do you do? You know, you got two cars and you can't race them at two different tracks. Hold on. So, hold on. You know, it, it's 45. What is it? 45 minutes between racetracks. Oh no! It here is, we yeah. don't listen to Zach Brown. No, 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 no! Come on now! I've seen it done. Jason Blonde just tried it last weekend, and he came up about twenty minutes short on being able to make it happen between his his musty racing sprint car and his dirt sprint car from Berlin to Butler, and that's a hell of a lot further than forty five minutes. So I'm just saying, could you check in both cars and and see what happens? I'm just I'm just asking. I'm just saying, why not? You know, we've thought about that. We've talked about different options for that weekend. And, you know, we, we have a stacker trailer. We, our plan was is to put, you know, the, because we have two modifies. We have my car and we have another one that's in, in the process, you know, that my car on our own. We were taking both modifies to the hot shoe. And we were going to put the outlaw car in, in my personal trailer and take it with us. If one of us doesn't make it or if I don't make the show for the hot shoe, then we take the outlaw car to Birch Run and race that one. You know, so there's there's options there for sure. But I don't know if you could do both in the same day. Um, I'm telling you, and, you what you do, you just you put that outlaw car in the box, you take it up to Birch Run first thing on Saturday morning, you put it in your parking spot, and you just leave it there. Just unhook the truck, just leave it there in the box. Sign in, register, be ready to go, go and and be ready for the hot shoe, 
And, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, register for both. Be ready to go. I think it'd be great. You, you could make some history, my friend. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting, but I just don't know if it'll happen between the two schedules, you know. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to do, and I would like to do it, but I just don't know if it's possible. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, uh, Rich is looking at me like, I can't believe you suggested this. <laughs> I'm just proud. I mean, and he knows, Brian knows how, how I love the outlaws. I'm proud that he's picking the one with a bunch of zero, bunch of more zeros behind it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the outlaws are my favorite. Don't get me wrong. The modifieds are fun in their own right, but the outlaws are my favorite. I like the, the ingenuity we can do, the innovation we can do with these cars and, the different bodies and the different setups and stuff we can do with the outlaws. And you're kind of limited a little bit with the modifieds and some of that stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go for the hot shoe this year. Brian, speaking of the reduced schedule, you know, the, with the reduced schedule this year for the outlaws, um, you know, you're, you're basically almost down to four races at Kalamazoo and reveal the hammer, right? I mean, are you, are you going to try outside of the conflict that you have? Are those the races that are on your outlaw schedule? Yeah, yeah, we got the one more. We got the Stanley at Flat Rock. We got three at Kalamazoo yet. The first one got rained out. And then we got the Owasso and the Burst Run races, you know, right now. Um, we didn't get a Berlin race this year, which kind of sucks. I really enjoy racing at Berlin with the Outlaw cars. But yeah, that's, the, that's the plan right now. The Outlaw will be, you know, Owasso, Burst Run, you know, Kalamazoo, the last three races, including the Clash and plus the Stanley. And then the Modified will kind of fill that in as we go and see where we end up. Well, Brian, I want to ask you uh, what I, I meant to ask you this earlier, and I, I kind of it slipped my mind. What convinced you to dust the modified back off? You mentioned that you won championships back in the early uh, 2000s and whatnot. Uh, I guess it'd be late 2000s, right before we get into the tens. Um, what was kind of the inspiration for you to uh, build another one? Um, just the enjoyment of them. My wife is a big modified fan, more than she likes the outlaw cars, really. Wow. Um, and you know, I had a car owner, uh, Mark Flairman, you know, four days trucking. Um, I raced for him in 2010, 2011, uh, raced for him back in 2007, 2008. And he decided he wanted to build a modified again and, and race it. And he asked me if I would do it. And I said, yeah, if we can do it the right way, you know, let's put a nice car together. Let's do it right. Let's pick and choose the shows we go to, you know, and do it the right way. And he said, absolutely. And then, so we bought a car from, you know, a guy at Berlin, Ben Welch. And we kind of redid it in, in our own fashion. So it's a little bit different than most of the other cars. Um, and that's kind of what did it, you know, and then just the enjoyment of it. And, you know, like the outlaws were kind of, I'm not going to say dying, but we were, some of our bigger shows were, we didn't have as many, right? And then, we, so we built a modified and then all of a sudden, boom, we got all these big outlaw shows again, you know? So if we had all these big outlaw shows, we might not have done the modified, you know, but because the modifieds were coming back and the outlaws were kind of dying, you know, plus big shows, we kind of decided to go that route. Now we got big shows for both of them. So it's, Best of both worlds. Brian, I have to ask you before we let you get out of here. We completed Victory Lane. You're taking photos. Did you hear my interview with Craig Everidge? <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, so I got to call you out here, right? Now, now so fill, let, fill, fill everybody in for those who weren't there, would you? Yeah. You want Brian to do it? Well, I mean, whoever wants to take I would like you, Rich, fill us in, and then I'd like to hear Brian's response. So, so I interviewed Brian. We did the trophy presentations and everything, and I, I interviewed the top five. And I went over to Craig Everidge, and I congratulated him on his fourth-place finish. And he said, uh, you know, he wanted to offer Brian Bergaker $3,000 to not show up to the Stan Yee. <laughs> and I looked over my shoulder, and Brian's looking at me. <laughs> 
and, and Craig says maybe we need to take up a, a, a you know a little kitty to make him stay home. So Brian, what's the deal? I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. We, we're, we're chasing checkers, you know, along with money, we're chasing checkers. If we win the race, we still get three grand. So we get a, we get a trophy and everything, you know? So uh, we're when coming, you, we're when, coming to race this morning. When you first heard that, did you laugh as hard as I did when you heard that come out of his mouth? I did, but I know average well enough to know that that was probably coming, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, probably the, he's probably the biggest advocate against, you know, not against me racing, but just me winning at, at Flat Rock, right? So a few years ago, we sat fast time, and it was actually when I did the double. I won with the CRA car, and I won with the Outlaw car on the same day. And I sat fast time, and I rolled a three for the inverse. So they hmm. started me third, right? Um and Everidge walked through the pit barn. He goes, next time I start him on the pole and see if he can lap the whole field as he was walking through the tech barn, right? Yeah. So, like, I've heard it from Everidge before, you know. So he's a, he's a good guy, and I enjoy hanging out with him and talking to him. But I I don't expect anything less out of Craig. He probably wasn't joking either. If he'd even given a hint of consideration, he probably would have pulled his checkbook out right there on the spot. <laughs> uh, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But, no, we're going we're gonna to go race. We enjoy racing at Flat Rock. I enjoy the time there, we get treated really well there when we show up, you know, um, you know, tech is fair for everybody. So I feel like it's, it's a great place to go race. I just wish we could get, you know, wish we could get some more bigger money shows and, and more cars to show up to these big, bigger races. Excuse me. What does it mean? And I just, one, one last thing for me before we let you go, I know Rich had his final thought and I'll have mine. What does that say? I know that Craig is, you know, he's, he's got a lot of humor, but what does that say to you or what does that, how does that speak to you when people are uh, probably half literally, you know, considering paying you to stay home? Um, what, how does that speak to you when you hear that? Uh, it tells me that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? We're winning races and we're, we're competitive everywhere we go. Um, you know, a little short story here. Back in 2008, I was racing modified to Kalamazoo and I won 13 out of 16 races that year. Um, and won the championship at Kalamazoo and won two big, you know, back then it was USA mods. Now it's Midwest mods. I won the two big shows at Berlin this year. So we basically won everything we were in. The worst finish I had was third. So that year we had a great stellar year, right? And we had that same thing happening to the year. People were paying, putting extra money up for me to start last or, you know, not come to the races or whatever. So it does tell me that we're doing our job. We're doing what, we, we, what we're supposed to be doing. Um, if people, you know, want to want to do that, I think it's great. And I think it's good for the sport, you know, that little bit of a bounty or whatever you want to call it. I think it's good for the sport. Well, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to tell Brian, hey, you know, before we let you get out of here, uh, you know, you talk about the the kind of the crew that kind of a volunteer crew that helps you out. And and then there's also some names on the side of that race car that help you get down the road. Uh, you want to give all those guys a shout out? I do. Yeah. Um, we got 4J Strucking, you know, he's the, he's the modified car owner. He helps out a lot on the outlaw car as well. You know, we got Michigan marketing, sweet manufacturing, you know, Brandon at Ernest performance, Terry at Seneca performance, um, you know, good friends of mine, you know, that help out on the car. And we, this year we picked up power shoot. Um, I think there was one of those things flying over the racetrack Saturday. It actually is uh, power shoot builds those little flying, you know, airplanes or whatever. Oh, nice. And, um, there was one over the racetrack Saturday night, actually. So, um, so those guys, you know, came on board this year and helped out a little bit, you know, and then there's all the crew guys, you know, we got, um, Jake and Dano and Joe and, 
and Mark and then, you know, all the wives and everybody and my dad, everybody that goes in on works on these things weekly. It's not easy to get two cars ready to go to the track two weeks in a row. Um, it's not easy to get one car ready to go to the track. You know, these guys put in a lot of hours. We do a lot of effort. We do a lot of, you know, R and D in the shop. We don't get to do a lot of testing because we have full-time jobs, but you know, it takes a lot, a lot of crew guys, a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of money to go do what we're doing right now. I couldn't do any half what I'm doing without those guys. Well, Brian, man, congratulations on yet another uh, Joy Fair Memorial win at Flat Rock Speedway. Um, good luck collecting $3,000 of either Craig Average's money or uh, ARCA's money at uh, the, the Stan Yee coming up here uh, in just a little while. And excited to see you uh, you know, sometime around Owasso Speedway, and uh, good luck with those races you got coming up on your schedule as well, man. Uh, you're rolling early, so it could be a really fun season for you. Yeah, hopefully we can keep this momentum going. We'd like to get some wins at Kalamazoo. You know, we had the mod there, you know, the night before we won at Dixie, we had the mod at Kalamazoo, and it was really good, and we broke a wheel. You know, so we had some good good speed there. We, you know, we thought we could have had a shot at winning that day, and it just didn't work out. So I feel like we got the momentum rolling out. Hopefully we can keep it. All right, Brian, good luck the rest of the way, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Want to give a huge shout-out to, uh, first of all, Brian Bergaker for making time to join us tonight. Um I think it's funny that that you know somebody offered to write him a check for what the race w- pays to win. Nah, I'm still coming. Uh, we want the we want the trophy. And uh, man, that's just how good he is at Flat Rock right now, isn't it? Wild Rich. I mean, have you ever seen anybody dominate this way at Flat Rock Speedway before? Uh, Joy Joy Fair used to. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, over 700 career feature wins and dozens of championships some of some of the wins aren't even on i mean i don't know that you could even find out they're probably not even on record books i don't know what they wrote them down on probably paper uh they surely didn't have computers or a way to store them but that yeah joy fair was that that's the career he had yeah you know um but i don't know i mean it, it was kind of funny i mean that was the most enjoyable time i had i don't think craig Everidge got three thousand dollars out of his mouth and i turned over <laughs> looked over my shoulder and Brian was looking over at both of us, so I, I, thought, I was like, I didn't ask the question. Yeah, I didn't say it, anything. It that's, just all, that's all on Craig with his – and Craig's got a great personality, right? Right. He, great sense of humor, and Brian knows it. And and probably – you know, if Brian thinks that that's 100% humor, I don't know if I'd believe that. No, I, <laughs> that's why I said I bet if you'd have even hinted at taking him up on it, he'd have broke out the checkbook to have you stay home. But as Brian said – it is just a testament to how darn good they are right now in both of their programs. Uh, when that 12 car shows up, you better have your A game because he he does. Yeah, and I think I think Zach, this was probably the the closest race that he had in terms of competition and and, and with around fast race cars, probably back until 2018 with Kyle Crump. Okay. I mean that was probably that was probably the I mean, you know and, and Kyle Crump was leading and broke. With like 30 to go, uh, Crump was well out ahead. I think that I don't know that Brian would have won that event, but um, you know Kyle Kyle Crump was that was probably the close the, the closest Brian's come in the last three or four years um, to not winning. But right now he's just I mean when you're on a roll like this you just you just keep coming back to the horse to feed you. You know you yeah. come back to that place and and he loves Flat Rock Speedway. The fans treat him great. They're not booing him. That's right. Um, you know, they're, they're giving him standing ovations and, you know, one day he's not going to win one. It's just going to, we don't know when that's going to be. It could be in July for the Stan Yee Memorial 150. That's right. But, or it could be next year, but it's going to happen. He knows it. 
I think everybody knows it, but uh, might as well ride that pony as long as you can. <laughs> hey, I want to say thanks to uh, Northside Towing and CNT Services. The studio sponsor this season is Northside Towing of St. John's. This, of course, another branch of the Finley, uh, the Finley uh, Towing Enterprises, if you will. This one, though, uh, Chad Finley's kind of adventure. And now they are the only heavy, medium, and light-duty towing company right there in St. John's. As a matter of fact, I think, I think, I saw these guys at work over the weekend as I was coming through St. John's. I'm pretty sure I saw them picking somebody off the side of 127. So uh, they are working. Holidays or not, they're going to be there ready to go. And uh, tell you what, unlocks, tire changes, jump starts. If you need heavy hauls, uh, whatever you need, they can do it. No job is too big or too small at Northside Towing of St. John's. 989-224-9200. And new this week, if you are a Farm Bureau insurance uh, uh, insurance holder, they will help you make your roadside assistance even easier. Just give Northside Towing of St. John's your policy number, and they will handle the rest. 989-224-9200, North, Northside Towing of St. John's. Also, while we have the moment, I want to say don't forget to check out this week the power rankings on horsepowerhappenings.com. And first and foremost, I have to apologize to Rich and to our fans of the Outlaw uh, Super Late Model just straight up fell through the cracks last week on the updated power rankings ahead of the Joy Fair Memorial 100. And Connor Zabosian said, let me see those darn things. I think I should be near the top. And he was. Uh, he was second as of last week. But, Rich, uh, give us a little taste because the power rankings will be updated after the Joy Fair, and there's a shakeup in the top five. Yeah, there is. And I did the calculations today, so all we have to do is get a post. That's right. But, but we'll give the taste today just for the top five. Uh, and Connor Zabosian had a re reason to be interested, Zach. Jumps to the top of the board after a second-place finish in the Joy Fair Memorial 100. 25 points for Connor Zabosian. Three top-five finishes early this year. Uh, second, 23 points, Chris Benson. He has one win and two top-fives. Uh, in third, 21 points, Paul Pelletier. Two top-five finishes as well, along with 20 points for Eric Lee. He has two top-fives. And then someone else... Jumping up into the top five, watch out. Uh, Brian Bergacre, 17 points, one win, two top fives, rounding out your top five currently. Also want to say, keep an eye on the Michigan Winged Sprint Car Power Rankings presented by Jim Coffee and Sun Plumbing and Heating. We had double features this weekend for the Winged Sprint Cars. Saturday night at Crystal Motor Speedway, Great Lake Super Sprints in action. Saturday night, Butler Motor Speedway, their regular division of sprint cars in action, which means... There could be a lot of moving and shaking happening inside the um, winged sprint car power rankings this week presented by Jim Coffee and Sun Plumbing and Heating. And also keep an eye on the, uh, the uh, Dirt Super Late Model power rankings because All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series will definitely throw a monkey wrench into how things are going in the power rankings because a lot of those guys were at the same place all weekend long. And uh, so, again, just a reminder, we're just having fun with this. Uh, you know, the, people want it to be a certain way. Listen, we don't have the time or the resources to put together a panel and, you know, weigh the strength of field and weigh how many cars started the feature, how many cars finished the feature, what was the uh, pH balance of the soil that night. We, look, okay, we, we're, not, we're not going that in depth. You finish in the top 10, you're getting points. And whoever has the most points is at the top of the power rankings. It's that simple. Um, but it does kind of give you, Rich, it really does give you an idea who is consistent, 
who is strong on Michigan dirt tracks. And I think it's awful early. Some, you know, some of the outlaws, you know, yeah, you see it's dominated by the flat rock guys early, but that's because they've raced three times. That's right. Uh, once you get more events, you've had one reveal the hammer race. Once Kalamazoo gets their races in and, and reveal the hammer gets some more races in, you're going to see some changes at the top of that board, I think. I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right, Rich, time to get into our second interview of the night. And uh, we don't do this very often, but it's our pleasure now to welcome in two guests. And this is where we talk about how, you know, we interview drivers, promoters, all that sort of thing. And I guess that these two ladies would follow under the promoters category. It's our pleasure now to welcome on two horsepower happenings. The two ladies who are, um, I'm not going to say solely responsible, but Rich, they play a huge deal in this. Uh, that's Tiffany Lakota and uh, Sarah Qual joining us. On to Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, ladies. Good evening. All right. This is so, it is race week. How excited are you guys? I mean, what, what is the feeling right now? Uh, Sarah, I guess I'll start with you because I know uh, not only do you have the, the event to think about, um, but you've got a lot of friends, a lot of, uh, a lot of drivers that mean some, but something to you that are going to be out there competing in this as well. Kind of where are your where are your thoughts at right now? Where's your emotion level? What's the anxiety like on a Tuesday night ahead of this race? Well, I think everybody is super excited. We're all anticipating. I don't know how many times I've been reached out to, even today, saying this is going to be the biggest event, sometimes of people's lifetime. You wow. know what I mean? Like, these things don't just come out, and, you know, people don't just have an event like this. So this is an event of a lifetime, not just of the year, not just of the days. It's such a big thing that people are super excited to attend. So I think everybody is really super excited, which is, you know, just an awesome feeling. It um, overcomes all the stress and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> for now, right? For now. Now, how does this? Yeah, so, for now. Yep. So, so let's talk about this, too. And, and Tiffany, I'll let you jump in on this because I know that, uh, you know, you've got some people out there that mean a lot to you as well. Um, this is this event really you guys are only two days away from having to be at Bertrand Speedway to get things started um so how's the anticipation on your end Tiffany <laughs> well I've already been at Bertrand since last week I dropped my camper off yesterday oh, I was wow. there all night tonight and heading back tomorrow um off of work for the week so um we've been there uh we've been 365 days of, of in their hair we'll say <laughs> um and uh you know we're we're looking forward to this. Um, my husband also races a uh, mod uh, with Sarah's husband. And, um, you know, last year, both the, the guys got to race it and it's, it's near and dear to, to both their hearts and, and ours. And um, somehow we, we talked them into being a little more sentimental this year and they're, they're stepping out of the, the race. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a big thing having your husband not race the biggest race of their life um, yeah. and, and help us. So um, Sarah's husband will be, be in tech and uh my husband will be running be the race director which he's never been on that side of the fence so um it's kind of funny to to see the two of them uh get to see what the other side is like um and then see you know all our friends and, and families honestly devoting all their time to to us and our our craziness so um this race really blew up from from what we we originally uh, anticipated last year, um, you know, last year we just wanted a big race. And uh, when we seen we could make that happen, um, you know, we we went out and I, I actually made a joke today. I opened my, my mouth. That's rather, just puts the foot in it a few times. And I said, let's do 21,000. And Sarah thought I was crazy. Bertrand Speedway thought I was even more crazy. And um, today I think I'm, 
I need to be put in a loony bin. <laughs> oh, geez. We're all but uh, I'm like, it, it's a happening now. So to see that to come come to play, um, you know, it's pretty awesome. Uh, like Sarah said, we, we have people from all over this country uh, reaching out to us about how this means so much to them, how they can't wait to attend it, how they can't wait to race it. Um, and really now the money is, um, you know, that's further out. It's, it's the event itself that's really touching base with everybody right now. Just so, a quick overview. Um, it looks like you've got uh, eight states represented in two countries, one driver coming from Ontario, Canada, uh, to, yep. or at least is registered to come from Ontario, Canada. Uh, as of earlier today, 72 pre-entered for this $21,000 to win event. The thing that boggles my mind, and Sarah, we'll go back to you, uh, because you were kind of, you know, you weren't the one who who opened her mouth, as Tiffany said. Um, but, you know, second year event, $21,000, 72 pre-entered cars. This is unheard of. These are numbers that, ev- that events take years and years to get to, talking about 21000 and 72 pre-entered. Um, how in the world did you, did you guys get this to blow up the way it did and did you ever fathom that it would be the size that it is today you know it took a lot of work between tiffany and i both and i can say if you had a modified in the united states you probably have received a message for from one of the two of us and so i really think that our dedication once we started you know saying that that we're going to do this was just all in you know we reached out to everybody we could we posted it everywhere we could we told everybody we could we handed out flyers we You know, we really just hit the ground running and we wanted it to be a great event. So, you know, a lot of work and dedication and really just, um, you know, being promoters and reaching out to everybody is really how how that kind of happened. You know, getting the word out. We are just literally two race wives who had a passion to, you know, help the kids. And by doing a big event, we're hoping to bring in the amount of money that we want to raise for the hospital. We're hoping to at least raise twenty one thousand for the hospital. So in order to make it a big event, we're hoping to make it big for the hospital, too. Real, real quick, and help me tie this together just real quick here, and then, Rich, we'll get back to what you had. Um, Sarah, we'll start with you, and then Tiffany, go ahead and, and stair-step right after her. Talk to me about the tie to the Children's Hospital that this is benefiting and, and why Hurley's was chosen. So Hurley was chosen for me because of my brother who had epilepsy, and he was um, basically on his deathbed, but chief staff of Hurley, my parents, and said he's not going to make it and get up here. And they pulled out all the stops and ended up um, saving his life. And so ever since then, Hurley has been near and dear to our hearts. And um, we got the idea from racing over at Berlin and just seeing how they did the racing awareness and, you know, figured we could do something really nice over here in these parts. So um, that, that's how it started for me. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, um, Sarah actually reached out to me. My daughter was born two and a half years ago and, uh, I, I did not know she had Down syndrome at the time, um, nor did I know I was a health risk, but, um, I went into Hurley at 34 weeks, so premature. And they said, if I wouldn't have been there in that moment, that neither one of us would have made it. Um, so not only did they save my life, they saved our daughter's life. Um, a few weeks later, we found out she had Down syndrome and, Now we spend a lot more time at Hurley um, through different testing and things that Ellie requires for Down syndrome. Um, So Hurley became very close to us after both of us still being here to to be part of that. And the racing community really just wrapped their arms around us because, you know, Down syndrome was just as new to us as, you know, anyone else that really finds out about it. And 
um, they put stickers on their cars and did all these things. And uh, Sarah's family reached out to us when they decided to make the move towards Mod Race um, with the Racing for Miracles and said, do you want to do this? And I'm like, if we're doing it, we're doing it. So um, that's where that 21 um, ties into. It's uh, T21 as the uh, chromosome disorder, um, as you would say, with Down syndrome. So um, with that, you know, the 21 becomes a significant number. And uh, last year it was 5,000 to win, and we put a $2,100 bonus on the person leaving, leading the 21st lap. Um, and then it was like, let's just keep making it 21. And, and uh, you know, we, our goal is to give back to the hospital that same 21,000. Um, we've done a lot of work, as Sarah said. We have over 300 modified drivers in our own personal um, pages at this point from finding them. And, um, you know, Hurley is, is near and dear to our heart. Uh, so it only makes sense for us to give back to our local Miracle Network hospital. Sarah, this question's for you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go from the fan side of things, and and like we said, twenty one thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars to start, one hundred laps. Um, that a lot of us go to the racetrack and we sit down and we and we look at these big races and say, oh, there's probably ten or twelve guys that can probably have a chance to win this race. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're gonna have guys that don't make this field that have a chance to win this race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody is really anticipating this practice on Friday to kind of see where they stack up because some of these guys have never stacked up against these the guys that are coming or, you know, coming from out of town, never stacked up against our guys. So, honestly, um, it's it's all out there, and it's just like, you know, we have to we have to wait and see, and I think everybody is really anticipating how, you know, how this is going to go because there is a whole A main of cars that could win this race and probably a B main too. <laughs> so exactly. um, we're, we're super excited to see, you know, where everybody goes and, you know, your every night winner here might be in a B main or, you know, they might be just as good as they normally are. So it's really, it's really going to be something. And, you know, the amount of cars that, you know, are saying they're still going to come, you know, is, is still out there as well too. So we may get more. <laughs> I, I think it's flat out awesome. And Tiffany, we, you talked about the $5,000 to win last year with the $2,100 um, lap bonus. And you guys have grown this so much in one year's time. Um, can it go bigger? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm no. going to lock her away. I'm going to yeah. lock her yeah. away on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think everyone, I, you know, when I, when I said it, I'll be honest, uh, and I do have to, I do have to mention it because, um, after we sat down at the table, I, you know, I put my foot in my mouth, as I said, and it was 21,000 to win. And everybody in the, the driver's meeting, I think was like, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. And, uh, so we went back to the table and we, we said, you know what, let's settle with 15 people will be happy with 15. And, uh, I didn't know Rex Wheeler at the time. Uh, he approached me at the hot shoe, which is the biggest race we've ever raced. And he said, you know what, I seen you gave 15, thousand as a flyer I thought you wanted to do 21 and I said oh I would have loved to but that's a lot and uh, he came back to me um, that same day and wrote me a check and it said $21,000 on it oh and I goodness. said um, I think you typed this wrong <laughs> and he said no this is a great event um, at the time I didn't know Rex Wheeler um, now he's a very big staple in our community uh, in the racing world and uh, in that moment, it was like, this is going to happen. Um, whether, I, whether I know where I'm getting the other, you know, $80,000 from, we've got 21 folks. So 
um, from that moment forward, you know, Sarah and I were, we just kind of had to keep pushing and boots to the ground and we drummed up some pretty awesome sponsors to support us. And, um, I think I'm locked down, like she said. I, my husband probably, nobody's going to let me live in Genesee County if I, if I go any further. <laughs> well, and I have to ask you this, too, and, and this has always been the hardest part of our sport is, and, and you actually have a different avenue of this that's even more difficult, and either one of you can take this, Tiffany or, or Sarah, or maybe it's a dual answer, is I don't, I can't wrap my brain around awarding um, $21,000 to win. I don't, what is actually the full purse? What is the full A-Main purse? Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, actually, she doesn't know <laughs> yet. I, I actually just, I, nobody knows, uh, but um, Jason uh, from Bertrand and myself, we actually just left that meeting because uh, it, it, took, it took every dollar Sarah and I could raise to, uh, to really make sense of this. Um, and so we sat down today, and it is $102,000 for us to host this event. Wow. It's 1500 to start. We did a travel bonus. Um, it had an end date a couple, about a month ago. So we did a travel bonus to draw these, you know, further away people. And we spoke to any of the ones, you know, including our husbands, that uh, we thought, what, well, who can give us the best advice? You know, who, who's got the most to say sometimes? And, um, you know, everybody told us, do, do this or do that. And we took everybody's advice and we put it to work. And we did travel bonuses. We we did 1500 to start, and we put a lot at the top. So today um, was the final count, and we're at 102000 to host this event. Um, we were able to raise a pretty good chunk of it um, to where Bertrand is going to let me back in this weekend. Uh, so. <laughs> well, and that's that uh, was that was kind of where the question was going. Actually, is yeah, is how yeah. do you how do you? And I can't fathom it even now that I know the number of 102,000. I seriously can't fathom how you are going to pay out that much money and also make a donation to the hospital. So where does that donation to Hurley's come from? Because obviously in my brain, every dime that you raise from sponsors has to go back to the drivers. So <laughs> yeah. where, where, it, where does Hurley, does. how does Hurley benefit yeah. from this? So basically what we've done, and this has kind of been one of the things that we've always done at the beginning is our t-shirt and our apparel money, um, we get sponsors for those so that, that those items are paid for. And what we do is we devote all of our 100% of our apparel sales goes to Hurley. And that, that is totally separate, and we always keep that separate, and all that money is donated. Also, on the race day, Bertrand has allowed us to do 50-50 raffle, and that money gets donated to the hospital, too. Last year, I think 9000 of it went, came from our apparel sales. So that's super important, you know, and that's why we keep pushing that is because we want to do that, do that for the hospital. So apparel sales are really huge for us. And then our 50-50 and our raffle, I think we brought in about 4000 5000 And that was, we ended up raising $14,000 last year. And that all came from those items directly gone to the hospital. Is there a way, and, and Rich, I don't mean to step on your toes. Is there a way if people can't come to the race on Saturday that they can, that they can be a part of that donation, uh, whether it's through merchandise or things of that nature? Yeah, yep. So yeah, on our Racing for Miracles Facebook page, you can either message us. Um, we have sent them out in the mail, too. So if you aren't able to you know, participate in person to get the apparel, we, we can send them out in the mail. So uh, we do appreciate any T-shirt sales, obviously, because we want to we want to sell out of everything. That is our number one goal because that's how we raise the, the most amount of money for the hospital is what we can. 
All right, Tiffany, this is it. Uh, race fans that are listening to our broadcast this week, let's give them all the times, Friday and Saturday, uh, what's going on at Birch Run and, and where they can access more information. Um, well, the, the main place to look for it would be on our Racing for Miracles or follow on the Birch Run Racing page. Um, we actually are doing Thursday. There'll be open practice from 1 to 5. We'll have our mods there, our mini wedges. Um, Friday, we are hosting as well. It'll be an all-day practice for uh, the classes that are on, along with at nighttime. Um, we have Power Wheels Racing for free after 6 o'clock. Everything is free to get in. We have Power Wheels Racing, our Mini Wedge Nationals, so they'll be taking place. Um, I believe Sarah's daughter Scarlett's racing the Power Wheels. My son will be in the Mini Wedges. That will be on broadcasted as well. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, racing starts at 6, but we're telling people to get there as soon as you can because our kids' zone will open at 4 o'clock, which is free. Ice cream, bounce houses, face painting, National Guard will be there. Um, we have all sorts of events going on on Saturday, along with our Miracle Network Hospital, um, Elgo Credit Union, and uh, just a lot of fun things, three days straight. Um, Saturday's the big one. That's when all the guys are coming to town. Um, we've actually had tons of outreach from the local racetracks that are actually closing down to be part of this and canceled modified races, um, over seven support tracks that have, have followed in suit. So um, we want to thank all them, but yeah, Saturday's the big one. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that we have I'll go on ahead. Saturday is um, one of our supporters. He actually works at the, worked at the racetrack last year. His name is Cameron Zoll. And he was actually a race starter last year, and he uh, he does have Down syndrome. And another cool thing is to watch the race community just wrap their arms not only around Ellie and the Lakota family, but also around him, too. And he was so excited to be our um, race starter last year. He's going to be back this year, too. So, And um, I will say Cam actually received a video chat from Eric Jones the night before his race to let him know not to be nervous, to, to pump him <laughs> up, and... That was just, you know, a complete game changer. We had to see the video and, um, you know, we have, we've reached more than just your short track racing. LaJoy sponsored us um, over the year. And like I said, we had Eric reach out to, to Cam and um, we're definitely appreciate. And, and if we can't give them, you know, if they're not giving dollars to the hospital, we're, we're raising awareness, um, which is what's passionate uh, also to myself and uh, for for any other families out there so people know um and that's what really matters well i gotta tell you guys i mean everything that you're telling us tonight i'm already feeling a little bit under the weather i don't know that i'm going to make it to flat rock and i think the only thing that <laughs> yeah. i think the only thing that will that that will will be the medicine for me is some like mid michigan fresh air <laughs> I, and, and i'm thinking you guys can provide that for me right oh geez absolutely <laughs> we've got all the fresh air 91 degrees beautiful sun and I mean, 72 cars from across the country. It doesn't doesn't get much better. I, I got to ask you, too, was uh, pre-entry required? Or if this interview gets to somebody by, say, you know, tomorrow night or Thursday morning, and they're like, well, hell, I've got a modified. Um, I've got tires. I've, I can fit the rules. Can people show up this it. weekend, or, or was it pre-entry only? Yep. You can hurry up until race day. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Bring them out. Now, Tiffany, yep. you've got a little one that races uh, as well. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And he's, he'll the, be out there Friday night. That's what I was going to say. Is there's a the, let's not overlook uh, that there's a huge show for for mini wedges. They don't normally get a spotlight, but you guys are giving them a spotlight this weekend. 
Yeah. So um, my little one actually, uh, we did all this work last year and he broke his arm. And um, so he didn't get to race it. So um, we're really excited to, and with my husband not racing to, to see, um, you know, him out there. And we told him, you, you got to bring home one of these really cool trophies, buddy. But um, he's seven, so you can't tell him anything. Um, but yeah, we're, we have the mini wedge nationals going on. Their race will start about eight o'clock, which is following the power wheels racing. So like I said, Scarlet Claw, um, will be, you know, making her power wheels debut at Bertrand Speedway in those power wheels. And that's open to the whole community if they don't have power or uh, mini wedges. Um, so we've turned it into a really fun event. We're telling kids to bring their bathing suits. There'll be water activities afterwards. And I mean, just a fun night at the racetrack for the kids. It's hundred percent free for the families, the drivers, um, anybody after six o'clock, you come in free. We got a pit party going on with food trucks and, um, you know, just really highlighting those kids. There'll be a national anthem. They'll be broadcasted, announced. Um, they'll really get their spotlight. Sarah, I, I know normally this is the time of the show where we, when we have drivers on the program and we let them thank all their sponsors and everything. And I'm sure the list for you guys is just unbelievable. But uh, if you could say anything to all the people that have supported you up to this point, what would you tell them? We have a list of about 72 sponsors, not including all the families that have, that have helped us out. And I think, like we said earlier, we've asked our friends, their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and everybody to help us. And everybody has, you know, and it's, it's just been it's so amazing. We really greatly appreciate it. I think together we're doing so great for, you know, for the kids and, and just raising awareness. And I really, we really do appreciate everything everybody has done. And it's hard to thank everybody. And we occasionally miss somebody and that doesn't go unnoticed. Like their hard work doesn't go unnoticed, but everybody really, it, it's not just a Sarah and Tiffany thing. It's not just a rate, you know, Bertrand Speedway. It is truly everybody's hands that have made it possible. Here's a here's a question I don't think we've asked uh, or talked about either. You know, you you two independently are the promoters of this event. Um, how did it land at Bertrand Speedway? Why was Bertrand uh, the place where this event ended up being? Um, for one thing, we we needed it in our backyard. Sure. <laughs> Tiffany and I both live very close to Bertrand, and Bertrand supported us the year before as well. So that was kind of the home when we started it, and so we wanted to stay there and. An event like this, of this caliber, you have to be able to go to the track and you have to know your territory, I want to say. Sure, absolutely. And, you got to feel and, comfortable. And sure, yeah, we have to feel comfortable. We have to know that we can, you know, physically be able to go and do the things that need to be done, meet with the staff and, you know, know the area businesses to help support. And, and that's really kind of what it boils down to. Awesome. Well, ladies, I tell you what, you look at this entry list, 72 strong, and we mentioned this earlier. Good luck picking the ones who are going to make the field, let alone picking the ones who are going to win. But you've got some names coming from across the country that uh, are just absolutely powerhouses, and uh, it is stacked. We've got that entry list posted on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. There are even drivers who we are used to hearing their names called, Rich, during a template late model race. Augie Grill going to be making the trip. Uh, how about Derek Griffith? Uh, Griffin, rather, expected to make the trip. Uh, of course, Travis Eddy from this area, he's going to be there. Blake Rowe, another one. Trevor Berry. Uh, just you go through this list, Bud Gray. Uh, you can't land on one guy who you say, this this is the cat that's going to victory lane um, because there are just so many standouts 
on this list. And uh, ladies, caps off to you and all the work that you've done because this is going to be a really awesome event. Um, now, again, if folks can't be there in person, um, tell us again how people can still support your mission, which, again, $21,000 to win modified race is, is, is awesome. It's really cool. We love that for our sport. But bottom line, how can we help you support Hurley's Children's Hospital? We also um, do get a portion of the um, video sales as well. So if they go to Road Trip Media, um, they can purchase the actual live broadcasting, and that does help us in addition to, as we mentioned, Good deal. the apparel. Yeah, yep. our, fr our friend uh, Michael McIntyre, Road Trip Media. Good stuff. Yep. I love that. Michael, Michael McIntyre. And then, and we do go ahead. Get yes, a portion of the ticket sales actually as well um, uh, throughout the track too. So, um, really, every inch of this event, <laughs> if you're coming or seeing it, there is a way to help support. Um, even if it's just coming, and um, you know, even on that free night, you know, we'll have our t-shirts for sale and, and all that um, as well. So. Um, I will have to say one thing. I think Sarah's husband can say the same after you listed that, uh, that list of drivers. The only thing that both of our husbands have requested is I'd really like to just qualify because <laughs> they just want to know where they stack where up. Where they would stack guys. up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we've offered that. We've told them, you know, you can get one lap. And, that's uh, but that's kind of the inside joke with both of our husbands is I just want to know where I'd start. That would that would that would be a recipe for disaster because guess what? No matter where they qualify, they're going to want more laps uh, because yeah, either yeah, they're either going to say, "Look, I'm fast enough to make the show," or "Let me see what changes I can make to be better uh, and, and see if yeah, I can be better mm -hmm. than these guys." So there you go, yeah. uh, ladies. Thank you so much. We are out of time for tonight, but this is going to be awesome. Saturday, downright awesome, as a matter of fact. Saturday, June third is the big show at Bertrand Speedway and Event Center. The Modified 100 paying $21,000 to win a total $102,000 purse, all benefiting uh, Racing for Miracles and Children's uh, or Hurley's Children's Hospital and uh, all the great work that they do. Um, this is going to be awesome. Check it out. Uh, Road Trip Media, if you can't be there, like Rich and I have other, per other commitments, you can bet that the old cell phone will be setting down off to the side, uh, just kind of taking a peek at what's going on at Bertrand Speedway every once in a while from our other respective <laughs> racetracks. So um, good luck this weekend, ladies. And, and here's one final thing before we let you go. If anybody has any questions or concerns about this weekend, is there a way that they can reach out and get those answered? Yep. Either of us personally, Sarah Clark, Tiffany, Lakota, or even on the Racing for Miracles page, we enter both of that. Okay, so through Facebook would be the best way. Great. Fantastic. Yep. Well, Sarah, Tiffany, best of luck to you both. Uh, this is going to be uh, just a, 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 I mean, prestigious event that is just going to continue to be on everyone's radar for uh, the rest of forever. However long you decide to have it, this is going to be on there. I'm just praying that, that, that they have, ladies, you guys got high ibuprofen or Tylenol for me when I get there. I think I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got ours in our backpack. That's right. I'm going to have to play this up big time if I'm showing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Tiffany, Sarah, thank you so much. Good luck this weekend. Uh, may you have, no, you've already got the weather figured out, so may you have nothing but a smooth sailing program, and uh, we hope that everything goes swell for you this weekend. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank, thank you. Guys. Thanks for having us. Want to say thanks to Sarah and Tiffany. Uh, this is huge, Rich. This is huge. I don't know. I don't know how it happened that I'm not going to be there. I think I might come down with the same sickness that you've got. I, I'm breaking out in hives, just sitting here as we're talking about it. Um, 
We should go to urgent care together. <laughs> See if we can get the same yeah. prescription. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll go we'll go sometime uh Friday night, yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah, I think we might have to make a trip Saturday morning to urgent care and uh get the doctor's note. Quarantine <laughs> in my camper, maybe. Yeah. This is gonna be a huge event and uh don't be as silly as I am and miss this thing uh, because you got something else going on. You got a twenty-one thousand rich Augie Grill. I mean, making the trip. Derek Griffin making the trip, and that is just those are just two of the top names from across the country. Then you start looking at the guys from Michigan who know that racetrack who are going to be there. This is going to be unreal. Eight states, two countries, just lights out event this weekend. Yeah, if I'm not there. It, there's, I'm buying something to watch it on Michael, something. Michael McIntyre, <laughs> be looking for the credit card to come through, my man, uh, because we got to see it. We got to watch a minute. it. He knows us. He should just give us a subscription. Well, we, we, we want to help Hurley, so we'll we'll buy this one. But we'll, I'll send her. I'll send Hurley's a check for a hundred bucks. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is gonna be re- so. Again, if you if you can support in some way, buy a shirt, buy the race broadcast, or just go and buy a ticket. Buy fifty fifty tickets. Because as cool as this race is, let's not forget that it does help a really awesome organization as well. So I just think that that's so great. And uh, caps off to Sarah and Tiffany. Uh, And so that's a big part of the upcoming calendar for this weekend. But, Rich, i got to mention, Friday night, I-96 Speedway, the Great Lakes Super Sprints are back in action. We'll have it all for you right here on the Horsepower Happenings Network. It's been a quiet and dormant couple of weeks on the HPH Network, but uh, we're back in action Friday night with the Great Lakes Super Sprints and just announced over the weekend, add pro stocks and pro trucks to the docket as well. They'll be running Crystal Motor Speedway rules. Uh, A lot of discussion. They're going to combine those two divisions and race them as one, Um, so should be a really good show for the fans. Racing begins right around 745 Friday night at I-96 Speedway with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Now remember... This was originally scheduled as a doubleheader weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Saturday was canceled, so it's only Friday night at I-96 Speedway this weekend. And then, Rich, of course, uh, Bertrand Speedway on Saturday. But there are other people racing on Saturday as well. Yes, yeah, Springport, Mid-Michigan getting in their third race of the season. Of course, when we saw their schedule, they're racing every other week. So taking taking a week off in between. This week, a 4-in-1 program at Springport, Mid-Michigan Speedway. Template late models, street stocks, port stocks. Mini wedges. Mini wedges will have their own show at one o'clock in the afternoon uh, for the big cars. Practice at three thirty. Racing at seven p.m. And a note to fans: anybody going to Springport Mid Michigan Speedway, cash facility only. They do not take plastic credit cards, debit cards, anything like that. So get your cash before you head to the racetrack. Yeah, always good to make sure that you know uh, that before you get there. Now, uh, also on Saturday, I will. why won't I be at uh, the Downright Awesome Modified event? That's because I'm going to go see our friend Glenn Luckett, the new general manager at Salem Speedway. They have done a great job with this racetrack, Rich. Last time I was there, that thing was literally coming apart at the seams. Uh, we had to pick chunks of racetrack out of the grill of race cars. Not going to be a problem this weekend. They've done a partial repave. That track looks phenomenal. And it'll be now the season opener for the ASA CRA Super Series and uh, race number two for the Jig CRA All-Stars Tour plus the Great American Stocks will be in action this weekend for the Midwest 250 uh, track Enterprises events, ticket are available uh, online right now, or you can show up Saturday. Uh, racing set to begin right around 7 o'clock on Saturday. want to do a quick little look ahead, uh, just a quick little look ahead to next week, 
and want to invite you to Hartford Motor Speedway for their June 9th program. I know. Can you believe that June is this week? June is this week. Can you believe that? Um, Hartford Motor Speedway invites you to join them next Friday night, June 9th. They have been struggling with Mother Nature to get their programs in, um, but they are going to do it. This Saturday, they're having a Night of Destruction on June 3rd, so have some fun with that if you're a Night of Destruction uh, individual. They're going to do that this Saturday. But then they return to their regular Friday night program on June 9th, and uh, we hope that you can join them out there for that. Of course, uh, UMP Modifieds, the big part of that program, uh, but also... Great Lakes traditional sprints will be there on Friday night as well. Non-wing, 410 cubic inches of raw horsepower. They put on a great show at Hartford Speedway June 9th. Uh, don't miss that one. Put it in your calendar right now. I think that's going to do it, Rich. Yeah, gonna I'm going to do a little tease a week later, Zach, just because sure. I can. Sure. So so June 18th is my birthday week. My, my, bir- my birthday is June 19th on that Monday. But Sunday afternoon, June 18th, what I'm looking forward to, just to keep an eye out, down the road just to put our radar on it yep 500 sprint car tour toledo speedway along with the midwest modifieds tour at toledo speedway same event on a sunday afternoon on my birthday weekend i guarantee you i won't be anywhere else but there moms and children that is father's day so what a better what a better father's day gift take than a to, to a race <clears throat> go go. go and catch the 500 sprint car tour because that's going to be a darn good show at Toledo Speedway. All right, that's going to do it for Horsepower Happenings this time around. want to say thanks to Brian Bergaker. Thanks to Rich France for keeping his finger on the pulse of everything happening over the weekend. Uh, thanks to uh, Sarah and Tiffany. Good luck to everybody this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week, back to Monday nights, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.